Hi, I'm Jay Christian Adams, President of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. This is the podcast, Protecting Your Vote, which we talk about election issues and all sorts of things related to election integrity. I'm very pleased today to have with us as a guest, my friend Hans von Spakovsky of the Heritage Foundation. How are you doing, Hans? I'm doing great, Christian. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you. Uh, Hans, years ago, both of us were the Justice Department. Right. And pretty much nobody was doing anything in the space. What were they? It was It was empty. Right, right. I mean, I mean, one of the biggest problems was, you know, in, in 93, when they passed the National Voter Registration Act, Motor Voter, you know, it had a provision in it that required states to actually clean up their voter rolls and maintain their accuracy. Uh, when I got to justice uh, 10 years after that law had been passed, the Justice Department had not filed a single lawsuit <laughs> against any state. And e- e- despite the fact that they knew Voter rolls were in horrible shape all over the country. And in 16, I think, 26, or I'm sorry, 2006, uh, there was a lawsuit finally filed, I think, against Indiana yes. under that law. But 13 years went by. Yeah. And if you look back to 1993, when that went through Congress, there was a huge legislative fight over this compromise. That's right. With Bob Dole filibustering the whole Senate. Finally, they added the provision you talk about, about cleaning the rolls, and then nothing happened for 13 years. Right. The Clinton administration had no interest. In enforcing that provision, of course, neither neither did the uh, Obama administration either. And we haven't seen anything out of the Biden administration, no. have we? No lawsuits anymore. So no. it's private parties. Yeah, okay, that, that's right. So one of the other problems was nobody was grading or judging or assessing right. how states were doing, right. and that's changed a lot. Uh, we'll talk more about the Public Interest Legal Foundation's critical condition study, but Heritage is also active in this space now of grading states on how right. how they do on on on, leg- on statutes, aren't they? Yeah, we started this project in uh, January of 2021, so just a couple months after the November uh, 2020 election, and uh, we realized that while, for example, I knew which of the states were bad and which were good, there was no um, scorecard out there that would tell you know, legislators and, and voters, well, how good or how bad is your state when it comes to election integrity? And one of the things Heritage has done in the past is they've graded other things like economic freedom around the world, right? right. And, and other interesting scorecards. And this is taking that history of getting that sort of analysis done and moving it into election integrity. No, that's exactly right. You know, we have this index of economic freedom that grades all the countries uh, in the world. So we decided to do the same thing with regard to the American states. Right. And so so, so we basically came up with a, a whole scoring system based on certain standards and criteria for what we consider to be necessary to have a fair and honest election. And so it wasn't just a willy-nilly sort of oh, thing. No. No, it took a lot of work. We we came up with 12 broad categories. So we grade states, uh, for example, uh, well, how good are they at, at maintaining the accuracy of their voter rolls? How good are they at managing the absentee balloting process? And within those 12 broad categories, we have 47 individual criteria because, you know, you can't just ask, uh, well, do they good at, do a good job of maintaining the accuracy of the voter rolls? You've got to go through and list all the different things they ought to be doing in order to accomplish that. And and you give points to whether a state, for yes. example, has voter ID? Right. Uh, we, we A perfect score would be 100 points. Now, look, once we came up with the criteria, then we had to go and analyze the laws and regulations of every single state, which was a huge job. It took the entire year 
to get that done. Um, we then had to check the work uh, with election experts from every single state. So in December, um, just a couple months ago, we finally um, released it. And um, probably not surprised to you, since you know so much about this, Christian, no state no state in the country got a perfect 100 score. Right. Uh, the highest score, I think, was uh, in the low 80s, which tells you that even the best states in the country um, have improvements they need to make. Right. And I- I'm sure folks are in suspense. Why don't you tell us who some of the best states are? Well, probably doesn't surprise people. Some of the best states are places like Florida, Georgia, uh, and Texas, um, Alabama also. But remember, those are the states who passed big election reform bills last year when their legislative session started. Georgia did a lot to improve its um, its laws and regulations. And of course, has been under attack ever since then from the progressive left and others. Uh, the worst states, again, is probably no surprise, are places like New York, California, Nevada, and Hawaii, who do almost nothing to maintain the accuracy of their voter rolls or to do basic things like ask for an ID when somebody votes. And Nevada, didn't they also go to complete mail balloting, they automatic? Did. Does that show up in the Heritage Index as well? It, it, it does. Uh, that you, you get negative point. You do not get a positive score if you have all mail balloting because, uh, as you know, uh, absentee or mail-in ballots are the ballots most susceptible to not just fraud, but also errors, mistakes, delays. In, in ballots getting delivered, all of which is uh, disenfranchises voters. Right. And we did a, at, at Public Interest Legal Foundation, we looked at the data and found over 500,000 ballots were rejected through mail balloting. So that's 500,000 votes that were never counted. Right. Th- those numbers, and, and that's a small number in comparison to all the states. When you total it up from across the country, uh, you, you get a huge number. You know, that's why, you know, these days the New York Times just loves all-male balloting, but more than a decade ago, they actually wrote an article about all the problems with mail-in balloting and the fact that they uh, have a much higher rejection rate than ballots cast by people in person. And one of the things, Hans, you and I worked on, or or you were somewhat involved in a case at at the Justice Department with me called the United States versus Ike Brown. That's right. If you remember that, Noxabee County, Mississippi. And it was a very complicated case, but one of the things happening in that case were mail ballots were, and this was proven in court, were taken out of mailboxes by notaries in Mississippi right. and then t- voted by those notaries. And that was proven in court. So there's other problems with mail ballots just besides them getting lost. No, in fact, um, some years ago, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement issued a report after a series of absentee ballot fraud cases in Florida, which they called absentee ballots the tool of choice of vote thieves. And you don't have to look very far. You don't have to look at ancient history to see all kinds of fraud involving absentee ballots. Um, I mean, remember just a couple of years ago, 2018, we had a congressional race in North Carolina overturned because of absentee ballot fraud. And it was the same kind of thing. Uh, A political consultant and his staff basically stealing and obtaining absentee ballots from voters and either telling them how to vote or them filling it out themselves and submitting it as a supposedly valid vote. And what happens if the voter makes a mistake on a mail ballot versus if they go in to vote in person? Well, see, in most states, it gets rejected. So if you uh, forget to put in all the information you're asked for, uh, your ballot's going to get rejected. You know, if you make a mistake when you're in a polling place, uh, you can usually get that corrected. 
Right. Has Heritage heard back from any of the states who are at the bottom of the rank saying, you know, we want to we want to improve or anything, anything at all, any feedback? Well, we have heard from a couple of states who were angry about the scores that they've gotten. But as I explained to them, look, this is this is totally objective. It's nonpartisan. Politics has nothing to do with it. We simply look at things like, you know, one of our standards is that you have a requirement for to show an ID when you vote. And if you don't have any ID requirement, the way California and New, New York are, I, that gives you a negative score. And that's it's got nothing to do with partisanship. Right. One of the complicated areas in this space is states who don't follow their own law. Last week, yes. the Public Interest Legal Foundation sued Delaware right. because uh, they were having open uh, early voting with, with mail ballots. When they were allowing mail ballots, right. basically no excuse. Right. And the Constitution in Delaware limits the use of mail balloting to very specific criteria. Um, maybe the next Heritage Survey should have some sort of uh, we don't even follow our own laws criteria, you know, <laughs> that, to, to compensate for things like that. Well, look, that was an issue we definitely looked at because that was a problem, as you know, the 2020 election. We had a number of states where election officials just said, well, uh, we don't really care about that state law. We're just not going to comply with it. Um, there was no way to really come up with an objective standard right. on that because, you know, if you've got a state with 150 counties and four of them don't follow the law, but all the rest do, I mean, how are you going to rate that? Right. Um, but what we did do is we put in a standard for uh, does the state give voters and, and uh, uh, legislators the ability to sue election officials who don't comply with the law yeah. so that they can get a court order saying to the election official, hey, you can't waive that statute, you have to comply. And if they don't have a provision like that, that that gives basically a way of correcting that problem, then you don't get a good score. Right. One of the things you mentioned earlier is voter roll problems. Yes. And the Public Interest Legal Foundation has built a database to allow us to see people registered in multiple states, people who are, right. are dead. That's one of the reasons we're suing Michigan is because all the dead registrants on the rolls. And we quantified this and we found a, a large number of uh, uh, problematic votes, right? I think over 150,000 problematic votes in the 20, uh, 2018 election. What's going on with states and their voter rolls? You know, part of the problem is they just don't take some of the most basic steps they ought to be taking. You know, some states, uh, look, states should be doing things like, you know, you got a statewide voter registration role. Well, are you running... Uh, monthly comparisons with your DMV role, you know, the driver's license role. Some states aren't doing that. Yeah. I mean, that's a way of finding out when people have, for example, left the state and moved uh, moved away and moved to another state. And yet they're not doing the most basic things like that. Um, I, that report that you all did, Critical Conditions, that's the best report that's been done on uh, the accuracy of voter rolls across the country. And you know what the most, what I find the most uh, frustrating thing about that is that, as I understand it, Christian, I don't think any election officials anywhere in the country contacted you after it came out and said, oh, you got information on people in our state who are also registered in another state? Send us their names so we can investigate and potentially take them off. Or, you know, for, for the folks that you all found who voted illegally in two different states, you know, send us the information so we can investigate, potentially prosecute. And yet, no one contacted you about it. Right. Now, some in, in, in 
Pennsylvania, for example, when we sent them the data, actually went out and arrested somebody who voted for their dead wife. But you're exactly right. There's problems out there. Hans, I was in a deposition in one of our Texas lawsuits, Mm -hmm. and there was a county where somebody had multiple registrations for the same person because if you change a a word or two or an initial, you get registered more than once. And in the deposition, we said to the, the election official, have you ever sorted your registration list by address? Just to see... Is Joe Smith registered multiple times at one address right. by accident? And and they said, why would we ever do that? <laughs> like it was a really easy tool to make things better <laughs> right. that they just couldn't understand. And I think that's probably going on all over the country. Yeah, no, I think I think it is. And folks, you know, sometimes people will say to me, oh, okay, so you've got multiple registrations. You know, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is, is that uh, if election officials aren't, aware of that fact, then what's to prevent that person from voting more than once? Well, how about Nevada? They all get ballots for every one of those duplicate registrations. Right. And is anybody in favor of that? No, I I would think not. But uh, that's just one of the many problems. Anyway, look, the scorecard is there. Uh, It's up on on the website for the Heritage uh, Foundation. Uh, You can click on a map. We have a map of the United States. You can click on it and it will give you a detailed summary of the laws in your state on all of these issues. And, and basically it gives you a roadmap so you can talk to your state legislators and say, hey, why aren't we why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we checking the DMV list to, to find people who have moved? Right. Lastly, uh, Heritage tracks voter fraud, doesn't it? Yes. We and do. so voter fraud really does exist. Yes. You can find it at the Heritage website. I think it's heritage.org slash Voter fraud, I think. Exactly right. And we again, we have a map of the United States. You can click on any state and it'll bring up a list of the proven cases of fraud. You know, we only put cases in there when someone's been convicted in a court of law or judges ordered a new election. And I hate to hate to tell people this, but we're constantly adding new cases. Right. Right. Well, thank you, Hans, very much for joining us. I appreciate it. We can talk more about this another time. You've been watching and listening to Protecting Your Vote. I'm Christian Adams of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Thank you very much for listening.